Vegas Video Network Studios, just steps from the Las Vegas Strip, it's Top of the Food Chain. And now your host, he's one part mohawk, two parts attitude, and a touch of what the f***, it's Al Mancini. No one in the audience, only half of a crew here, and I'm still getting applause. That is great. Thank you, Jacob. Welcome to Top of the Food Chain on the Vegas Video Network. I am your host, Al Mancini, the offal meat in many ways of the, um, of the local culinary world. And by that, I mean I am a vital organ that, people, that you cannot live without. I love it. And yet, many think I am disgusting and without good taste. But once you get to really dig into me, you'll learn that I am quite the delicacy. That was good. That was a good that joke. That was fucking, right there, man. That was really <laughs> good. He said he had 12 seconds to come up with a joke. Yeah, and you not, did a good job. Not bad. We're going to keep the, um, the profanity ah, to a minimum, though, because Jacob has to go edit them out for sorry, radio Jacob. later. <laughs> um, let me, okay, so first of all, thanks. Welcome to Top of the Food Chain on the Vegas Video Network, the home of all your vital Las Vegas programming. We've got shows on just about everything. We've got golf shows. We've got gambling shows. We've got comedians saying dirty words. We have it all, and you can see it all at VegasVideoNetwork.com. You can um, check it out on, on iTunes. You can download it. You can see it on YouTube. You can listen to it all on the radio every Friday night, except for the Dirty Words guy. And that is at KSHP, 1400 AM, all Friday night, all of our shows strung together. And my stuff is all archived on my website, AlMancini.net. And of course, follow me on Twitter. It's at Al Mancini Vegas. Do you have to say the at sign anymore? I'm not even sure, but it's Al Mancini Vegas. So um, if you have a question for us, get into the chat room. If you want to talk about meats that you know nothing about or that kind of scare you, things that come from deep inside the organs of the animals, uh, we'll be talking about that today. So get in the chat room and log on, and we can take your questions live in just a few minutes. In the meantime, if you have a question for a future show, you can email it to us, food at vegasvideonetwork.com. And last but not least, you can phone in a question on our listener line. That is 866-966-4599. And of course, one last piece of business. I want to thank our wonderful sponsor, Bread and Butter, over on Eastern Avenue, way out on Eastern Avenue, practic practically to Anthem. But if you're in that area, you're insane if you haven't already dropped by. But even if you're not, it's worth going over there. Chris Heron doing some incredible pastries, great baking, great lunch spot, wonderful sandwiches. And um, if you're going to check out the bagels, which are all amazing, do yourself a favor and check out the red velvet bagels. That's my tip for you today when it comes to bread and butter. And once again, you, you like bread and butter, right, Brian? I love it. I love it. Great. Chris does an amazing job over there. Great joint. So once again, thanks to those guys for sponsoring us. One, I would normally start off this show right now by saying konnichiwa, Scott. No Scott. One more time. No Scott. That's why I put, brought Brian Howard here out a little early. <clears throat> and um, Brian, of course, is a very longtime friend of the show. You've been on before. Yeah, good to be back. You're over at Kamsa in the Cosmopolitan, um, executive chef for um, celebrity chef David Myers. Myers, right? There's an yeah. S. I always get that wrong. David Myers is the celebrity chef behind the curtain, but this is the man who's, um, who's in there cooking and making the incredible food every day. And designing the menu, and doing really all of the amazing stuff. So welcome back. Oh, good to be back. Good I'm loving the tri-colored yeah. hair that you got going on. I here. was a little iffy on it at first. I was a little, I thought, now that the, um, the roots are growing in, I'm liking it a little better. When it was just pure sunburst coming out of the skull, I 
It was a little too bright and shiny for me. I needed a little dark in my roots, you know? It happens the, way, the weather's perfect now, so yeah, it, it's it, great it, in Vegas. Nice out there. So before we get into what we're going to be talking about today, which is Ophel Meats, um, I don't have Scott to chat about, so let's, let's shoot the breeze. Let's shoot it. I would like to say shoot something else, but I don't want Jacob to have to do any more work. <laughs> so, so how you been this week, man? Doing good, man. You know, uh, really focused on the new year. Uh, got a, some new team members. We're staffing up and been busy nonstop, you know, CES to Concrete to AVN, which, you know, you were a big part of this week. Yeah, that was fun. I mean, well, you had the porn stars right next door. No. I mean, that was great. You know, we had, I mean, over next door to you, over at STK, they had um, my friends from Burning Angel, Joanna Angel, and all the girls. And then on Sunday, I had them for brunch. <laughs> Not Liter quite literally, that way. Or... No, um, although you should see, definitely, <laughs> have you checked out the pictures? On I saw website? some of the pictures with Sammy. and. Uh... Yeah, I should have pulled some of those pictures, but I know Scott goes a little crazy when I spend too much time plugging porn stars on this show. It looks like um, somebody had a good brunch. It was a great brunch, man. A lot of people molesting people at the brunch. And if you didn't make it out, um, almancini.net, Burning Angel brunch photos. It's a lot of fun. The girls all designed the menu. And we had a blast. And, you know, thanks a lot to Norm Clark because he plugged it for us That's on cool. the day before. And we were a little worried about the turnout. We had an incredible turnout. If you didn't get to dine with a porn star this year, and these are my kind of porn stars. Yeah. You know the girls and Joanna. Yeah. Joanna and I mean, they're just tattoos and I piercings. I don't and, know anything no. about them. Really? I, I got a password. <laughs> I don't think she's deactivated yet. I'll, I'll shoot it your way. So, yeah, that was cool, man. And then, um, you know what's been nuts? Um, I think I told people about this last week. I have pretty much been living on food stamps this week. And not because no one's paid me, although there are a few editors out there that should get on their get their acts together. But um, actually, there's a challenge. I don't know if you heard about this. Three Square, local hunger ba or food bank that I think we're both yeah, yeah, great organization. Um, they ha they're asking people to live on the food stamp budget for five days and try to kind of see what that's like. And so I've been doing it. I mean, I've been driving from store to store trying to get prices and get people yelling at me telling me I'm shopping wrong and you know you know what the budget is if you're on food stamps the program's actually technically called SNAP supplemental nutritional wow I've been writing it all day so it's $20 for what 5 days or something like that um it's yeah it's basically a little either a little less or a little more than $20 for 5 days if you're a single person you get $4.06 a day because my wife and I live together the wonderful government would only give us $3.93 a piece a day. So it's actually coming from the government? You're no, no, we're, we're shelling out of my right, own pocket. Right. Gotcha. For me, that's a huge savings the way that I normally yeah, absolutely. But, but it's, it's been very enlightening. I won't go into details on it. But, you know, you, this, everyone out there that's wondering why there's no booze on the table, I can't actually put anything into my body for this five-day period that you can't get with food stamps, the SNAP program. Um, supplemental Nutritional Assistance Program, by the way. <laughs> I singe there. Um, so, you know, obviously you can't buy alcohol. You can't eat at a restaurant. I mean, I can't remember the last time I went five days without either alcohol or <laughs> eating in a restaurant. I mean, it's, it's been nuts. The water, I actually splurged yesterday for bottled water. For the yeah. first three days, I was drinking tap, tap water. water. And I had a little extra money, so I went out and I bought a gallon of water um, at the supermarket last night. That was my big splurge, I'm sure. Certain politicians would think I don't deserve it, but um, and I brought this from home. This is part of my budget. So, well, I commend you for what you're doing. I mean, it's it's an amazing uh, feat that you're attempting. We'll see. We'll see how I if I don't you know go insane by the end of the week. I think like I'm gonna have my alarm clock set for midnight, and it's gonna be like hit the local restaurant slash bar and just you know, it's it, it's it's rough, man. But you know, I think I, I encourage people. You'll see it next week's City Life. You'll be able to read 
kind of my diary of what I felt this whole week. It'll come out next Wednesday night. And also on my blog, I am actually going to outline what I ate each day and how much it cost. Because you can get, if you, well, we'll, we'll go into it. You guys can check it out. <clears throat> Do you find that um, you've taken a different uh, approach to how people are viewed when well, they're on food stamps? Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, it's weird, and I'll go into some details on it, but I mean, for example, I got overcharged by a cashier, and I didn't notice it at the time, but it was, it was $3 on a pack of sausages that I was only buying because they were 75% off, and I got overcharged 3 bucks, and that's almost my full day's food allowance. Right. So I went home, and I ate it, and then I'm thinking, wow, and then I looked at the, you know, the receipt, my wife looked at it and said, you know, you got overcharged, and I'm like, wow, I've got to drive back and show somebody an empty package with the price tag on it and then show them my receipt <laughs> to get $3 back. And I'm thinking, you know, there was a time when I probably would have looked at somebody who was doing that and been like, oh, come on, man, it's only 3 bucks." Right. Now I'm realizing that's almost <clears throat> a full day's food, you know? Yeah. And, you know, really kind of teaches you stop, look, worry about who you roll your eyes, you know, be careful about who you roll your eyes at because yeah. you don't necessarily know, you know, where this person's next meal is coming from. That's oh, true. So, but we're going to talk about some food that I definitely can't afford right now. In a second, we're going to be talking about offal and other lesser meats with Brian, who is probably this town's master of that. I think you've dethroned Mario Batali in that, oh, wow. in that position. Um, but we'll be back right after this message. Wow. <laughs> Traditional media believes that after about three minutes, you'll tune out. Most Vegas media companies think if it doesn't jiggle, you won't tune in. At the Vegas Video Network, we think both are wrong. The Vegas Video Network is the first and only live online broadcast network that specializes in insider news and expert views about Vegas. We combine great storytelling with the ability to watch when and where you want on your computer, mobile device, or television. Discover the real Las Vegas. Visit VegasVideoNetwork.com. And welcome back to Top of the Food Chain on the Vegas Video Network. I remain your humble host. Well, okay. I remain your host, Al Mancini. And with me today, a, a good friend and one of this town's, I, I always like to say up and coming, but I think you're pretty much there now. One of this town's top chefs. Um, we've got my good friend. Why am I singeing on your name, Brian? Brian uh, Howard here. It's, this is what happens when you don't nutrition. Drink. You don't drink and you don't <laughs> eat anything healthy. Um, I, I forget my friend's names, but Brian Howard from over at Kamsa in the Cosmopolitan. And um, Brian, you are among many things. You're a master of quite a few things, and you really are leading the way in things like house-made charcuterie here in town. And then also offal meats. Do you just call it offal or offal meats? What's, what's the term? Offally good. <laughs> Offally good. Yes. Offally good. Uh, many names, variety meats. Uh, you know, I mean, each, each in its own has its own decision, but yeah, variety of meats are offal. Yeah. yeah, so what I like to say is offal or other lesser meats. Yeah. Offal to me means organ meats, anything that's an internal organ, anything that isn't flesh, basically, or muscle. I mean, yep. that's, that's pretty much generally, which, although which some of the organs say, yeah. are muscle, so it, you know, like the heart, <clears throat> we'll, we'll get to that. Um, so these are the things that most of you are scared to eat, and these are the things that in many societies were the very cheap meats, and now Gourmet chefs are out there making incredible treats out of them. Mm -hmm. And it's, they've become kind of the province for super foodies. Yeah. So it's either the, the super, I don't want to say poor, but the very um, down-homey people that use every part of the animal, or people it's the very roots. elite people, yeah. you know? Yeah, it's, there's no in-between. Uh, I think people get scared. Um, 
you know, for me, it's really about, um, again, getting back to roots. You know, it's kind of like the same thing I told you with the charcuterie. Um, but nonetheless, not wasting anything. You know, if you're going to kill something, utilize the whole thing. You know, and uh, don't waste anything. Well, Mario Batali is well known for using the, these mm -hmm. awful meats. Um, and he once told me that the reason is because in Italian cooking, as opposed to French, and I'll say you're a French, or you're cooking in a French restaurant now, but he said in Italian cooking, it was really the great recipes came from poverty. Yeah. They came from your grandmother who had one pig for the entire season, and when she slaughtered that, or when grandfather slaughtered the pig and she was cooking, she was not going to throw away the snout. She was not going to throw away the feet, the ears. I mean, you, that's what, that was your meat for a year. A year yeah. And, you know, th so Italian food has that tradition of using absolutely everything. How, have, how do the French approach it? I think it's, you know, throughout South Europe and all over Eastern Europe and, and wherever you come from, I think it kind of came down to the poverty issue, you know, and, and utilizing all of your animal and not wasting anything again. Um, you know, it's different in every region, but I think that's what it boils down to. Don't waste anything. Right. Now, a lot of these no. meats that we're going to be talking about today, I mean, if there weren't chefs like yourself making food out of them, what would these slaughterhouses be doing? Would they be in dog food somewhere? I mean, what? That's exactly. Or hot dogs, maybe, and they uh, wouldn't tell us? <laughs> no, I think they, a lot of it, what doesn't go into food is utilized in fuel um, and byproduct for animal food as well. And yeah. it's, it's kind of a shame because we're talking about some incredible <clears> dishes. <throat> Brian, um, every Wednesday night, you do an OFL menu. Yeah. Over at Kamsa. Yeah. And also, let's tell people how to pronounce it. It's Kamsa. I don't know what that letter C with the squiggly is. is that a, what's that it's, letter called? Uh, <laughs> it's a French C, I guess. French so, C? Okay, yeah. but the cum doesn't have it, only the sa. So, <laughs> yes. anyway, but it's C O M M E and then C with the squiggle A, and that's how you pronounce it. A lot of people ask me how you pronounce it. Yeah, that. people debaucherize it all the time. But yeah. What's the worst pronunciation you've heard? Komaka. Uh, Komaka. Yeah. <laughs> As if you were an Asian restaurant, right? <laughs> um, but great restaurant in the Cosmopolitan. Thank um, you. Great restaurant among many great restaurants over there. It's such a. It's got to be tough working among that much talent, and yet you have really carved out a name for yourself. I mean, do you like being surrounded by so many great? I mean, the Cosmo has really become a culinary center in this town in, in a year. Yeah. It's yeah. Thirteen months, and there's so many great restaurants there. Are you glad, or would you rather be like the one shining star among? No, I'm not. You know, it's not about that for me. You know, I've told you before, uh, not looking to be a star or anything like that. I just cook. You know, I do love competition, and I, I'd rather be at the top with the best, and you know, be surrounded by good, uh, good cooks. But you know, what it boils down to is, we're just cooking good food. Cool. You know, we're not we're not superstars. So every Wednesday night, you do this awful menu. <clears throat> Explain, you know, how many courses, how many ingredients, how do you do it? Well, um, every week we, uh, you know, throughout the menu, you'll find a lot of organ meats uh, on some of our dishes as it is. Uh, but every Wednesday we, we feature a dish or we focus on a, a type, a primary offal cut. You know, uh, yesterday we did uh, calf testicles, you know, which I thought. That's right. Yeah. You, you heard the man correctly. He said calf testicles. Yeah, balls. Which are actually pretty large. We have one here. I'm that's, that's shrunk down a little. Here, shrunk put, a, down? put a fork in it. Oh, man, I don't mind. <laughs> Where are we putting? Uh, I'm not going to eat it raw, but um, yeah, there we go. So that's a calf testicle yep. in its raw form. Um, so I, uh, I was really, my goal for the day was to sell one. Yeah. Sell one. And I one sold whole testicle or one order? One order. One order? One order. Um, we sold 30. Wow. You know, and I was like, wow, this is, really has a place more than I knew. And I'm really trying to reach out to the community in Vegas and, and really pull out those foodies that are interested in this and Get a, a, 
a built-up kind of group of people that come in every Wednesday for this. Because we're featuring great things. You know, next week we got, uh, you know, lamb stomach that we're going to do like a take on haggis with. You know, for those that don't know what haggis is, but basically uh, kidneys and lungs and, you know, kind of like a stuffing, and you stuff it in the stomach and braise it, you know. You know, it's pretty funny because one of my editors just asked me if there was any place in Las Vegas where you could get haggis. No. And no. I couldn't come up with it. Next one, yeah, you so can next come see us. Yeah. Place. So has it become kind <clears> of a, a foodie hangout, or is it just people that are hotel guests that, that are adventuresome and try it off the menu? No, absolutely. I think, it, I think it's building um, a following, um, but it's not where I want it yet. I mean, we do well on uh, selling this, this stuff. Uh, I think that people enjoy it, the people that do eat it. Um, but again, it's, it's a small amount of people, so I'm really looking to build that up. Okay. I want to go down a list of what I consider some of the more popular ones, mm -hmm. and then we'll talk a bit about individuals if we can. Could we throw that up there, Jacob, please? These are um, some of the more popular offal or organ meats. Liver, which, you know, is a lot of people will eat calves' liver mm -hmm. um, occasionally. People will eat chicken livers, and then foie gras, and then those, of course, are considered cheaper meats. But foie gras, when it's a fatty one from a duck or goose, that, of course, jumps immediately to being gourmet. Yeah, it's not cheap. Right. Um, then we've got sweetbreads, and that's either the thymus or the pancreas. Yep. We're also going to talk about brains, intestines, which are chitlins, stomach, which is known as tripe, um, the testicles, which have, you know, bullfries they're known as, Rocky Mountain oysters, um, hearts, spleens, and lungs. All of these are edible, right? Yep, yep. Let's talk about sweetbreads. This, okay. I think, is one that you're going to find on more menus, probably than, other than foie gras, it's probably the most it's most popular, common. Yeah. The most common. Yep. Um, now, there's two types of sweetbreads. Again, you either have the, the pancreas, which comes from the gut, or you've got the thymus, the thymus the which is in the throat, right? Mm -hmm. Do they taste differently? Uh, no, not really. I mean, they're very close. One you'll find texturally, I think each one, when it comes to offal, it's more of a texture and, uh, than it is taste. You're still getting a lot of the... The iron and the mineralities in, in the meat, you know. Now, we uh, actually have some sweetbreads here, right? Uh, yeah, we have some raw sweetbreads here. Um, yeah, check those would be these babies right there. Yep. And do you know whether that's pancreas or thymus? That's actually thymus, yeah. Thymus, okay. Um, I usually order th thymus. Uh, they're, they're larger, mm -hmm. um, so we get more yield out of the product. Um, but they're, they're creamy, you know. They're creamy. They've got a very strange texture when you eat sweetbreads. And I honestly, I encourage everybody to try sweetbreads. Most fine French restaurants will have it. Um, even a lot of casual French restaurants will have them. The texture is going to scare you when you first bite into them. I first had them at Guy Savoie. They made them especially for me. I said, I'll eat anything. And when I bit into the texture, it has a creaminess, but a hard creaminess. You, know, it's, you think about a, a McDonald's chicken nugget that's a little softer and creamier on the inside. And yeah, not as you know that you could not as stringy when you right. pull it apart. But yeah, and it, it kind of scared me. My wife and I, I think, had you know two each or three each on the mm -hmm. plate we were sharing. And I made it. You know, I ate it the first one. I was like, oh, this is really tasty, but I'm a little creeped out by the texture. I'm gonna finish one. If you finish one, you know, Guy won't be mad at us. <laughs> and you know, and as we sat there, we kept eating more and more because they become so addictive. They're that, great. I mean, yeah. like literally, we make bar snacks out of them, like chicken nuggets. And serve them with a sweet and sour sauce. Yeah, and they used to do um, fried bar snacks of them over at um, Sage, Sean McLean. I don't know if he still does that, but no. it's a good place to get them in a very casual. It's almost like you're eating like sweet and sour pork from a Chinese restaurant or exactly. something. Exactly, exactly. Really cool. I mean, flavor-wise, I don't think they're that off-putting. You know, I mean, I think it's uh, having that, that individual get over the fact of what they are. Yeah. And, trying to, and most of it is. 
What, what I find strange, and I mean, anybody in the chat room who's disgusted by this or that wants to get in the chat room, you, you, gotta, you have to answer this question because why is it that you'll eat a certain part of an animal and not another part of an animal? I mean, very good question. What is it? I, I just don't understand where you're thinking to yourself, okay, like a calf's liver is fine, but I won't eat a calf's heart, you know, mm -hmm. or, you know, everything. It, it, it just doesn't, or why the flesh is okay, but not an organ. I mean, yeah, it's a little unusual, but so are some of the best things in life, like exactly. myself, for example. <laughs> um, okay, so moving on from sweetbreads, I don't know what we had up there next, but I want to talk about brains next. Yeah. Brains are one of those <laughs> things that is good. What's that? I said I have a brain I'm tattooed on my shoulder. You have a brain tattooed on your shoulder? Yeah. And it's cool. so much I love this kind of stuff. Brains, I just went over to um, Valentino and had mm -hmm. brains done three ways. Right. And I mean, he did them in a marsala sauce with, with mushrooms, lightly breaded. They were beautiful. He did them um, scrambled egg and brains. Oh, yeah. Which was that's, actually that's just, very traditional. Yeah. Very traditional. Really traditional. And you just, I mean, th in that case, you just scramble them up and you, you scramble the eggs up. And you would, if I were to give somebody the scrambled eggs and brains, they never would have known, you know, what it was. And then um, he made kind of a gnocchi out of them, mm -hmm. which just with the brains and flour and some truffles. And it was just oh, unbelievable. Great. Um, how do you do brains? Um, well, I mean, we take a lot of classic approaches to the brains at the restaurant. Um, you know, we're poaching them, we're frying them, uh, we've been sous vide them, we'll wrap them in uh, some of our house-cured pork, um, you know. But for the most part, I mean, we do very classic techniques with them. We have a picture of one of your brain dishes over there. Um, let's see, Jacob's a little understaffed today, so. Um, there's one that says brains on it. Well, flip through what, what picture? There we go. There yeah. Go. So those are the brains around the outside. Yep. Right? Uh, what you got is um, some braised beef cheeks. So we use uh, the innards from the cheeks and then slow cook them. It's like pot roast. I mean, that's, that's another thing that uh, scares people as well, the cheeks. And I think they're becoming a little bit more in the comfort zone for people. But right. I think there's a, a lot of people that are still a little off-putting about it. But as far as the brains go, um, we, we just made it turn them into little fried nuggets. You know, creamy. I mean, super creamy on the inside. Yeah, very, um, you know, smooth, mild uh, flavor, and uh, I think they uh, crunch so well with the cheeks. You know. I think brains are very similar to sweetbreads, except that sweetbreads are a little more dense. Yep. And brains are a little more mushy, but other than that, the creaminess is the same. It's almost mm -hmm. as if, almost would be as if you took the same product, but one was a little more refrigerated and it kind of, you know, hardened up yeah. a little. I mean, it's not. That, that's, that's not what uh, does it, but that's the texture thing to me. It's a great way to yeah. approach it. Um, and I love them when people fry them. I mean, as great as they are in eggs, there's nothing like that nice crispiness on the outside and then that mushiness on the inside and a great contradiction. I think you have to have the contrast in textures. I mean, uh, we serve them poached every now and then. Um, can't say that those are my favorite way of eating it. You know, I agree with you when it comes to frying them. How frequently are they on your menu? Mm, once every two weeks, right around there. Okay. And um, the only place I know in town you can get them regularly would be B&B, Mario Batali, and he puts them in a ravioli-like pasta. Frangi Frangi I always mispronounce the name of that pasta, but it's very similar to a ravioli. And uh, it's absolutely delicious. It's on the menu 365 days a year at B&B over in um, the Venetian. Yeah, they do a whole hog tasting, I noticed. I was there last night. They're doing a whole hog tasting where I actually saw that on their, uh, their menu last night. Wow. Um, the thing about brains and sweetbreads, I know for a fact sweetbreads, and I think brains are very much this way too, if you have gout, you better be on your medicine because yeah. <laughs> they have a lot of um, the purines in it that are going to give you a gout attack. So, 
Fair warning if you have gout out there. Well, that's new. I didn't know that. Yeah, but if you take allopurinol, <clears throat> which I take, I can eat anything because I have pretty bad gout if I don't. Uh -huh. um, what did we have up there next? Let's take another peek at the list, or we'll just move on. Okay. Um, oh, intestines. Intestines are kind of chitlins. I yep. mean, in soul food, you call them chitlins, but mm -hmm. they're the intestines. They fry them, I guess, in chitlins, right? Yeah, you got to wash them really well, fry them up. Um, you know, stuff sausage in them. I mean, they're very versatile. Yeah, and what I think is funny is a lot of people will be n grossed out by the idea of intestines. A lot of you out there are saying, I'll never eat intestines, and you have no idea that every time you pick up sausage, yep. it is meat shoved into an intestine. I mean, that, that is the definition of sausage, and any good sausage, or even any good hot dog, for that matter, yep. I mean, yep. really gourmet hot dogs, I mean, not gourmet, good ones, will be used with an intestine. So don't be freaked out by intestines. They're pretty much, you, you get them anyway. That's, that's one of the dishes that I find is it really has to be done well. I mean, if they're not washed properly, I mean, you definitely can get some uh, well, because off we know what, flavor. what they are used for, what, yes. what passes through them before yep. the animal dies, or as the animal is dying, probably. Um, and then going right, right up the, the um, structure there, we go <laughs> up to the stomach. We have tripe. Yep. Uh, three tripes broken down into three parts, uh, your honeycomb, I think your silver leaf, and then uh, what's the other one? The beehive. Right, the beehive. Uh, yep. and, and the thing is, because it comes out of, because a cow has a four-chambered stomach, but they only use the first three chambers. Mm -hmm. And then the type of tripe it is will depend on which chamber of the cow's stomach are. Yep. I don't usually pay that close attention to which type of tripe I'm eating when I eat tripe. Do, you, do they differ? Uh, they differ a little bit on density. You know, some are, uh, but I mean, it depends on who's cooking them. I mean, I mean the honeycomb tripe is the, probably the most densest. Uh, it's going to take a lot longer to cook. And, uh, but as far as flavor profiles, no. I am, um, the first time I ate tripe, it was kind of interesting. I had it in a pho, pho, mm -hmm. not I was going to say pho, a pho, which is, of course, an Asian Vietnamese soup, soup dish, yeah. Vietnamese soup dish where you throw everything in and they cook, you know, you can get it. So I got the house special and it had everything in it. And I was actually getting it to go because I just was in a rush that night and I wanted some fast soup. And I took it home, and I was eating it, and a lot of noodles in pho, and a lot of meats. And mm -hmm. I'm eating this weird kind of crunchy, that I thought was like a weird crunchy glass noodle. You know, I wasn't right. even sure what it was. <clears throat> and if I were to have given it to anybody and told them that it was a kind of crunchy glass noodle thing in a mesh form, no one would have questioned that fact. If I told them it was tripe. Very chewy glass noodle. Yeah, but. If, if they're not cooked properly. Right, but. um. That's just the, my original, my first impression of it. And then, you know, I, I came to realize what it was that I was eating was tripe. And, you know, it's not one of my favorite dishes, but you can get it everywhere. I mean, very popular in Mexican food. Um, it's, it's a main ingredient in menudo, right? Yep, yep. Mexican tripe soup. And you can get it, um, if you want to try it for only a couple of bucks. Have you been to, um, it used to be called I Love Arepas, but I know I think it's Viva Arepas. Yeah, I haven't been. Right next door to Dino's, which is one of, this town's top dive bars, right across the street from Olympic Gardens, where you can see naked <laughs> ladies. There's a little stand. It's called Viva Arepas. Great place, by the way. And um, arepas are um, it's Venezuelan, right? Venezuelan sandwich-type dish. And they have a honeycomb tripe one there. I will warn you, that wouldn't be my first spot if you're a little queasy on tripe. It's the cheapest way you're going to get it here in town, but it you might really be if, have if to... you're coming out of Olympic Gardens. Huh? It might be if you're coming out of Olympic Gardens. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, but it, it's kind of a, it's a lot to bite into a hole with thick sauce on it in a sandwich form. It's a lot. I went then went into Dino's and kind of picked it off. Is it and cooked ate properly, it. or it is cooked properly. Yeah, it's soft. just a, 
it's soft, but you're just biting into a very, I mean, dense portion of it, you know, whereas for me it was just easier to pick it right, that way. Right, right. Now, Mario Batali also does a great tripe. He does it in a spicy, um, spicy red sauce, I believe. Mm-hmm. I, think I, I had, haven't had that. I had that with him one time. The same time I tried brains, I, Mario Batali and I actually ate brains together out of the same bowl one time. That was the first time I tried brains. You don't say no when Mario Batali offers, right. you know, would you like to try the brains? And I had tripe over there, too. And you can get it at a lot of places. But again, it's, that's a dish that is more consigned to, um, to, I don't want to say poverty, but to the people's kind of food. You know, yeah, I mean, it's, it's something that a lot of it's cultures... It's inexpensive. It is. It's very, very inexpensive. I mean, any of the Mexican markets or Asian markets in town, I mean, you can pick up a package for like a dollar, dollar twenty, I think, for like two pounds of it, you know? Right. Um, what else? Kidneys. Kidneys. Let me talk about kidneys. I have only had kidneys in kidney pie, which yeah. is a British uh, dish. Humble pie, you know, and that's uh, kind of where uh, the word humble comes from, the deer innards, and that's where that old saying, uh, yeah, what was it, something about a humble pie. You remember the saying? Eat humble Stay pie. Hum- yes, eat, eat humble eat pie. Humble pie basically, yeah. take it easy and be humble, but right. that's where that comes from, with the kidneys mm. and whatnot. So uh, def- how would you describe the taste of kidneys? I know a lot of chefs... You know, I remember seeing an episode of Top Chef where the guy just hated kidneys, you know, and just wanted to wash them and wash them and get all mm-hmm. the taste out. And Tom Colicchio yelled at him. You know, he said that's kind of, but it is well, because all they do part is part of the flavor. I mean, they, they filter urine all day mm-hmm. long, though, and that if you're going to be grossed out by something, that may be a reason. But then again, you're eating intestines when you have a sausage, so you know <laughs> we know what they filter all day long. Um, you know, one of those things I think, and, and you know what, it kind of reminded me of this last night. I was eating a dish at uh, B&B last night, and uh, I think it was their uh, lamb kidney parpadel, and it has a flavor that brings you back to childhood for some reason. And I didn't grow up on, you know, eating kidneys and stuff when I was a kid, but it was like something that just brought me back. And I think it's the flavor from the kidneys, and I think because of the generations in your family, maybe it was a grandmother that might have stuffed her turkey with the kidneys and stuff. So you get you get that. Uh, it's very heartwarming flavor. It's, uh, I think it's pretty approachable, and I yeah. think it is, you know, I mean, it's, I'd say other than liver, it's probably the most approachable of all these organ meats for people because it's not, it doesn't have a really bizarre texture. It doesn't have a really <clears throat> offsetting, you know, I don't know. There's, it's, it's, it's something. Like eating a little piece of beef or, yeah. yeah. So. Oh, you know, I want to go back. Um, all of these animals, what, what animals do these parts come from? I mean, for the most part, I know brains come from, Lambs, well, you can calves. get lamb, calf, pig, but I mean, typically well, people. Well, I know are, they all have one, but what's generally? Well, I mean, you know, typically it's calves or even full-size cows, but uh, typically the calves and then lamb would probably be second to it, um, just due to the the size, I think, and the flavor profiles. Tripism is always going to be stomach. <clears throat> yep. sweet, or excuse me, cow stomach. Oh. <laughs> uh, sweetbreads <clears throat> are always from a cow. Not always. No. No, we do some lamb sweetbreads every now and then. Yeah, that's yeah. true. I have had lamb sweetbreads. Um, okay, moving on, we've got heart. Yep. That's one that I think, that's an interesting one, when you eat heart, because the heart is a muscle. Mm-hmm. So as much as it's an organ, it is also very different than other organs in that it's got that toughness of a muscle. The way I think, and this is the preparation that we've done with it now, is treat it like a steak tartare. Really? Yep, eat it raw. Dice it up because it takes on that same kind of texture, uh, and then we fold in warm, crispy sweetbreads into it. Hmm. You know, season it the same way you would with a uh, steak tartare. There was a, I think, Peruvian restaurant that used to be over on my side of town that just had the kind of strips on a skewer, 
And it was tough, but well flavored, and it was it was very tasty. Um, we've tried sous vide; it comes out pretty good. And you're slicing it thin and grilling it. Um, but for the most part, when we utilize it, we're, we're eating it raw. I, I like some raw heart. Cool. Um, you've got blood sausages up here, everyone. What yeah. is in these, yeah. babies? Um, Can I pick one of these Absolutely, up? yeah. So these is, uh, consist of coagulated pork blood. Coagulated pork blood. So fresh, again, no waste. I mean, drain the pig, save the blood, make sausage out of it. Right. So we got um, yeah, some pork, pork blood, cinnamon, sugar, some salt. What are we carrying salt? Pork casing. Yeah. And you can find those a few places yeah, in yeah, town. Yeah. Uh, Spanish, well, in town, um, I a couple of the French restaurants. I think Spago, you can get yeah. it as part of the platter. And yeah, so. But Spanish and French typically uh, was where you'll find it the majority of the time. Uh, we had talked, spoken about tripe. I know I'm bouncing a little all over the place, but I had read, and I didn't realize this, that I guess in French Andouille sausage, they a lot of times grind up tripe to put yep. inside. Yep. Now, if I'm having a New Orleans something with Andouille sausage, is, Andouille sausage, is that actually going to have tripe in it? I don't think so. Um, I think they're more based on the spices and the ground pork butt and whatnot that goes into it. Uh, I actually had that conversation with my sous chef today because he says, oh, I'm going to make some Andouille. And I said, are you going to put the tripe in there? He's like, oh, I didn't know there was tripe in there. I was like, yeah, traditionally. Yeah, but I think it's more of a really, that's the way the French do it. I don't think you're going to find it in North Not America. Not in Southern, no. Awesome. Um, okay, now we, we spoke, those are <clears throat> awful. Those are most of the organs that I think we hit on. And hopefully people are still watching. I'm just like scared <laughs> that a lot of people out there are saying, oh my God, I would never eat any of this. Why am I wasting 15 minutes of my time? Honestly, people, this is good food. This is not, you know, we were talking before the show, um, Anthony Zimmern, you know, he does that show, Bizarre Foods, right. and he eats all of this kind of stuff. And I admire the fact that he has a show where he's eating this, but I almost feel that he kind of raises it to this level of a freak show or a dare. Absolutely. And I yeah. think that's going to kind of put people off from trying these dishes. And I don't really think you should be put off from trying this stuff. Yeah, it's offensive to people's cultures, too. Yeah, yeah. it is. I mean, it's, this is people's roots. Right. Yeah. And yeah, and again, I mean, it pays tribute to the animals. I mean, you know, vegetarians should applaud this because, you know, it's using at least every part of the animal, you know, at least not throwing away and wasting. I think so. you just lost five viewers. <laughs> yeah, um, I think if we had vegetarian viewers, they were not watching this show. I can almost assure you. I'll do a vegan show coming up soon, I promise you guys. Um, so anyway, that's the awful stuff. Seriously, I, I, I encourage you guys to try it. When you're in a French restaurant, try sweetbreads. It's... You know, it's easy to find, and they can be done so many different ways, but they're, they're wonderful, and you, you will fall in love with them, or you can ship them to me, and I'll eat them. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'll yeah and there's your sweetbreads, and those are actually <clears throat> wrapped in bacon, right? Yeah, some house-cured bacon. Uh, I don't really remember what else we served with it. It looks like some onions and sauce or something. But. And um, we were talking about tripe earlier. I'm just going to throw a picture up here of tripe, too, for people that haven't seen it. There's um, some raw tripe. You've got some great photos, man. Thank you. Um, and yeah, and again, that's the stomach of a cow. So now that we're done with the OFO, I want to move on to things that often get thrown in with it, which is what a lot of people, in fact, I think our friend Gary Lamort is the first one I ever heard use the term, but the lesser meats, mm -hmm. things that people don't like to use. And there are three main ones that, that we tossed up here. Okay, again, face, which is the face meat. And then that could include anything from beef cheeks, as you were talking about, to, um, to anything Everything that comes off the face. face yeah. um, and then we'll talk about the feet, which are often known as trotters, and about tongue. Mm -hmm. I, I want to start with the meat off the face. 
That's the it's one. It's like my favorite stuff. It is. It's I mean, wonderful. It's the best. There's a line in, um, I think it was Hannibal Rising, the Hannibal Lecter thing, uh, where the, the guy. Glass of Chianti and the. Uh, oh, no. No, that's a sweetbread line. That was later, yeah. But um, <laughs> that was one of the earlier movies when he was older. But when the young Hannibal, somebody told him that the best part of anything is the cheeks. So the first, and he, I think he killed that guy and he ate his cheeks. But yeah. that's considered the most tender, wonderful part. And beef cheeks you can find in a lot of places. Um, but pretty much all of the meat, I mean, what do you do? You just boil the animal? I mean, I've been in your kitchen, mm -hmm. and this would be like PETA people would go insane <laughs> if they saw your kitchen. You go into Brian's kitchen, and there's just every part of the animal everywhere, and you kind of have like a pig's head boiling in water, just like <laughs> bubbling up the little, poor little piggies there boiling in water. Um, but you just kind of get all of that meat and waste nothing, right? Yeah, yeah, we don't waste anything. Uh, if you see this head cheese, what I brought from you, or for you to see is... Uh, if you'll notice, I mean, we, we basically debone the whole face, open it up, right? and then, you know, there's many ways to do it. You can cook it, take the meat out, pull it, press it into a terrine. Uh, in this case, what I find is fun, uh, we actually just open the whole face out, take the tongue, cut it out, put it back in, and everything else that goes in there, and we roll it, you know? We roll it, and then we wrap this it like a really mummy really good to me right now and I'm like Tasty. extraordinarily unhappy that I could not eat it on my food stamps budget you because get, I would just um, dig in right now. Give me a food stamp. I will. <laughs> I get a feeling one. that that piece would um, be about a month's supply. <laughs> that, that, that's actually, I mean, head cheese is not terribly expensive. No. I mean, no. you know, you included it in part of your charcuterie platter mm -hmm. with four or five other types of, three or four other types of charcuterie and what's a platter like that cost you? Well, we're doing, we serve, I think, eight types now. Eight, there. okay. We've moved up to eight. We went from six to eight, and we're charging 25 for it. Okay. So, so, But, I mean, at the end of the day, the amount of work that goes into what we're doing is it's labor-intensive. So. Right. So, yeah, head cheese is sort of when you press it into a, a charcuterie press meat mm -hmm. type of situation. Um, Gelatinous, meaty, yeah. you know, robust, rich. And then we talked about, we spoke about cheeks. Any other, any other ways that you serve, um, you know, face meat? I've had it in tacos. Yeah, I mean, Mexican Mexicans, you get it in tacos. I forget the name for it, but it's um, a hard question to ask me. Like, is there any way to do it other than that? Because I mean, you can do anything with anything. I think. Uh, right. Well, I mean, traditionally. Traditionally, but, yeah. I mean, um, very slow braises. I mean, I think is where it typically comes from. Slow cooked uh, is the best way to probably eat it. Yeah. You, know, you would, they tend to be a little tougher, so you want to cook them for a long time and um, so they eat well. Now, trotters, of course, are feet. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this goes back to, you know, I mean, probably back during the Depression or whatever, pickled pig's feet was just yep. something that you'd, you know, gnaw on. Mm -hmm. um, but you can find them definitely in a lot of fine dining restaurants as well. I'm not a big fan, only because it's a lot of work it to is, get to the meat. You barely see trotters on my menu. No. It's, it's a lot of work. We'll do it every now and then. We'll do a little trotteriette and something like that, but it's a lot of work. I mean, because all of the joints down there and the knuckles, and you're just gnawing on a pig's foot trying to get anything yeah. you get and out of there. For my cooks to clean them, I mean, it's really about just getting the meat from in between the knuckles and everything. Right. Pig knuckle, that's that's another good one, too, though. Uh, what's the, uh, there's an American dish. It's like Philly, it's a Philadelphia something. I do not know. See if you can Google it, Jacob. <laughs> With pig. all the other things he's doing over but there. But it's like boiled pig knuckles and stuff that, you know. Um, Hagao, right? Uh, the dim sum dish. Right. Those are, those good. are good. Find it in there. And then um, I guess last but not least, we had tongue. Tongue. Because tongue, I don't necessarily know whether to consider that a meat or an offal, whether I it's think an organ or 
Where would you, I mean? It doesn't really matter where you. No, I think it. it's. Uh, I think it's pretty typical. You see that quite a bit now. Yeah. Um, well, a lot of Asian restaurants, especially Japanese, uh, they do the beef tongue. And if you get tongue done wrong, it can be really tough because mm -hmm. it is a muscle. Yeah. Um, you know, I've had I've had tongue at your place that is just phenomenally tender, wonderful. Again, our friend Gary made me tongue one time that was super tender. Um, but a lot of times it can be tough. What's the <clears> secret <throat> to making tongue not be feeling like you're making out with a cow? Uh, well, I think tongue can be tough when it's grilled. You know, it tends to be tough when it's just quickly uh, quick cooked. And again, it goes these kind of meats, you got to slow cook them. Really take the time, put the love into them, and uh, you'll end up with a, a lovely result. You know? um, for us, again, we, uh, we cook ours under vacuum pressure 48 hours on, on that. So you got two days before you can even eat it. You know? Cool. Well, man, I want to thank you so much for coming in. I pleasure. hope we didn't scare everybody off. I promise next week I will talk about something that is not as frightening. But please don't be frightened by this food. I mean, it is amazing stuff. I tried to name places where you can get it in just about any price range. Um, again, you know, we were talking about the, the face meat. You know, there's a little, um, just again, dirt cheap, a, a Mexican place on the corner of Tropicana and Flamingo. And they, I know for a fact they put it in tacos. You would never know. You'd think it was just really tender beef meat that you know that you were eating, and you know, just just great. I encourage everybody to go out and try at least a little bit of all of this stuff because open up your horizons. I mean, it's good meat. It is not bizarre foods with yeah. Anthony Zimmer. It's not something that should scare the hell out of you. You eat it in hot dogs all the time. How how are the testicles, by the way? Because I was going to say I only had I've only had testicles when um when I was in the Denver airport. And some fast food joint, actually, not fast food, but like TGI Fridays-esque kind of joint, actually has them fried. And they're right. like thin sliced, but you can't taste anything. They taste like fried crap there. I mean, no offense, people at the Denver airport. Thank you for serving <laughs> me them. But I think it's big in Colorado. I think uh, it's one of their biggest kind of delicacies, if you will, in Colorado. But when you do um, them, you don't fry them. I mean, you actually no. keep some. Um, we, again, we, we slow cook these, and then uh, we wrapped them in bacon. Uh, nothing better than anything wrapped in bacon. Uh, pan sear it in a pan. So it's like, you know, it's like eating a piece of chicken. I mean, really, a little bit not as firm as chicken, you know, but texture-wise, it's there. Flavor-wise, it's uh, got a little liver to it, a little irony to it, you know. Um, the the comments that I got last night were, you know, your balls are taste great. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure you've heard that from people before, but. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's what I felt like. Never mind. We're, you know what? We're, we're, we're out of time, and I don't want to offend any more people that I've already offended. Again, thanks for, um, thanks for checking this out. Every Wednesday night. Yeah, get down and come see us. Yeah, an awful tasting menu over there. Also, um, are you doing the truck stop anytime soon? Um, maybe. I know we talked about it, me and Joe. Um, I'd love to battle again. I'd love to challenge somebody again. Uh, you helped pick the ingredients. I did pick the, the ingredients. Oh, yeah. How was it? I didn't get a it chance to make it. It but was good. But I'm anyway, we'll talk about cool that more, I guess, afterwards. There. I just wanted to see if you had any other special events. Also, I wanted to throw a shout out to my friends over at Embers. They're doing a bourbon tasting dinner. I think it's on February 3rd. It's definitely next week. Go to their website or go to my website, almancini.net, and you can find that because there's nothing like pairing bourbon with food. And they were going to come down and talk bourbon, but they didn't have the time. But still wanted to send them a shout out. Me, I will be um, surviving on less than four bucks a day through the end of tomorrow. Then I, you will find me at just about any restaurant that will feed me because I, am, I had to cancel about four press dinners this week. <laughs> In the meantime, follow me on Twitter, Al Mancini Vegas. Go to my website, website almancini.net. 
and you can see all of my wonderful adventures. And of course, buy the book, Eating Las Vegas 2012 edition, out now. The 50 Essential Restaurants, plus a whole bunch of other great restaurants. Pick up a copy of the book, and you can argue with me about who belongs to be in there. I will be, I will be back next week. This is what happens when I don't drink for a week, when I get tongue-tied. <laughs> it's insane. I'll be back next week. We'll be talking about something that won't scare as many of you away. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you.